Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. Want to make sure you never miss a Chilling Tales for Dark Nights video again? Be sure to subscribe and hit that bell to turn on notifications. It's time to turn off the lights and turn on the dark. Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. Good evening, listener. You're listening to Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. On tonight's edition, we invite you to leave behind your safe reality and descend with us into the frightening depths of the most terrifying imaginations with two audio adaptations of frightening fiction about tormenting texts and sanctuary secrets. I'm your host of the evening, friend Steve Taylor, and tonight I'll be your guide as we traverse the dimly lit corridors of your darkest dreams. Joining us tonight to help bring to life the frightening fiction of Static Rights and Kitty Olsen are voice talents Kyle Stroud and Creepy Face. Now, get your ticket ready, take your seat in our Theater of the Minds, and Brace yourself. It's time to turn off the lights and turn on the dark. Our first tale of this evening is written by Static Rights 
and is performed by Creepy Face. In it, we'll meet Ted Harrison, a man who is pulled unexpectedly into a life-threatening nightmare when he receives a text from an unknown number. Woof! I think we've all been there, right? It sounds like we got off easier than this guy did. Ahem! And without further ado, I present to you, whatever you do, do not leave the basement. When the text came, I was sitting on the couch in the basement, scrolling mindlessly through the endless library of content on Netflix. It had been sent from an unknown number, and read, Whatever you do, don't leave the basement. Lock the door. Turn off the lights. You are in grave danger. Do not leave the basement. At first I thought it was a prank text. Some punk texting numbers at random, hoping to scare someone. But at the same time, it was a little strange how they knew I was in my basement. After all, someone who was texting this to random numbers wouldn't be able to tell if the person they were pranking even had a basement. I inadvertently shot a glance at the small basement window. Nothing, not a soul in sight. I decided to ignore the message, figuring whoever it was had gotten lucky and had texted someone who happened to be in their basement. However, less than a minute later, I got another text. You must heed this warning. Close and lock the door. Turn off all lights and silence all electronics. And whatever you do, don't leave your basement. I swallowed. Did they know I hadn't shut my door? That I hadn't turned off my lights? I was beginning to feel worried. But a glance at the window proved that no one was watching me. Or at least that no one was there now. I decided to get a little sleep in before going in for work that night. As I walked up the stairs, however, the text started. I stood up, turned off the big screen, and stretched. My phone began vibrating non-stop, receiving text after text after text. As I reached the top step, I pulled out my phone to see who they were from. The texts had all come from that same unknown number, saying things like, Do not leave your basement. You must stop moving right now and turn off all lights. Your life is in danger. Do not move. Please. This is for your own good. Do not leave the basement. How the hell did they know I was moving? The basement doorway loomed in front of me, showing the dark expanse of my kitchen. I hadn't realized that the sky had become overcast. I cautiously took a step into the kitchen. My phone buzzed again, 
but I ignored it. Whoever was texting had to be playing some prank, though I wasn't finding it very funny. The floorboard creaked beneath my foot as I stepped out into the kitchen. Suddenly a flash of lightning lit up the gray sky, and almost immediately, the rumble of thunder followed. I shivered, but continued to walk. Then I heard a loud creak, however this time, it didn't come from under my foot. In fact, it didn't come from a floorboard at all. This creak came from my door. The unmistakable noise of the front door opening slowly, as if whoever was opening it was attempting to do it quietly. As soon as the door opened, I got another text. I didn't bother to get out my phone. I just leaped down into my basement and closed the door. I locked it, then strung the chain and even carried a heavy chair up to barricade the door. But I still didn't feel safe. I eventually crept down the stairs and sat down on an old chair, pulling my phone out of my pocket to read the last few texts. The first one read, For God's sake, please don't leave. The most recent one read, Now you have been chosen. Do not trust anyone and don't leave the basement. Have I been chosen? What the hell does that mean? Finally, I did what I should have done in the first place. I texted the unknown number back. Listen, I don't know what's going on, and I'm not sure that I want to find out. Please leave me the hell alone. I don't want to be a part of any of this. They didn't respond. Suddenly, I heard a sound coming from behind the basement door. A creak. The sound of pressure being placed upon the floorboard. Then I heard the sound of the doorknob being jiggled. I froze. It jiggled again and again. Every small noise coming from beyond the locked door of the basement filled me with terror, paralyzing me with horror. I looked around the small basement for anything that could be considered a weapon. Unfortunately, the room was mostly empty with the closest thing to use a self-defense tool being the remote for the TV. I grabbed it and crouched down in the corner of the room. My breathing felt too loud. My head felt like it was spinning. The cold basement seemed to close in around me. I started imagining sounds. At least I thought I imagined them. I began hearing footsteps, voices, whispers. They echoed around me. I heard yells coming from outside my house, then screams, then silence. After what felt like an hour, the sound stopped. I breathed a sigh of relief. Maybe it was all in my head after all. Then I heard a knock on the basement window. As previously mentioned, the basement window is small. I could barely see out of it. However, I could catch a glimpse of something outside, darting past it. I mustered up every last drop of courage in me and weakly yelled, Who's there? A few moments of silence followed. Then a voice replied, Oh, just a traveler seeking shelter from the storm. 
The voice sounded male and somewhat strained, like he was speaking through gritted teeth. Who the hell would be out here in the middle of the rain? I live in a rural area in the middle of nowhere. I don't have any neighbors. And the nearest grocery store is a half an hour's drive away. Something was wrong. I'm sorry, but I can't let you in. Why not? The voice replied, this time with a hint of anger in it. I didn't reply. The texts and sounds in my house seemed a little too real to be a part of some elaborate prank. I shifted to my right, just out of view from the window for anyone looking inside the house. Thank God I did that, because a few seconds after, something leaned over and peered into the dark basement. It's impossible to describe the thing in the window, simply because I could hardly see it. The dust and dirt combined with the size of the window made it difficult to make out what was staring at me. I could see two solid red eyes looking around in my basement. Two small black pupils glanced around, attempting to find me. I placed my head between my knees and tried to steady my breathing. It's been 48 hours since then. I've been living off the potato chips and energy drinks in my basement. I'm running out. And I know I'll have to leave soon to get more food. I've spent the past couple of days sitting in the dark. Listening to the footsteps and knocking on my doors. It's maddening. But there's nothing I can do. I've tried calling the cops, and I've tried calling the place that I work at. I have a signal, but for some reason, it never works. No one ever picks up. I'm terrified, and I don't know what to do. If anyone is out there listening to this, please... If you receive an odd text from an unknown number, listen to what it says. list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. 
Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I hope you enjoyed Whatever You Do, Do Not Leave the Basement, as written by Static Rights and voiced by Creepy Face. Creepy Face's performances can be found right here on our very own network, as well as on his YouTube channel called by the same name. Creepy Face has worked very hard to make a career out of voice acting and his love of horror. I implore you to please check him out. Our second tale of the evening is written by Kitty Olson and performed by Kyle Stroud. In it, we'll meet a groundskeeper for a local cemetery, one that's about to find out more than he ever wanted to know. Now, without further ado, I present to you what's under the graveyard green. I knew it would be a bad day when the lawnmower crashed into a headstone. I hadn't seen it because of the multitude of weeds covering it, but it's hardly an excuse. The old groundskeeper, the one I was being trained to take over for, had told me there was no reason to take care of this part of the cemetery. It was so old, the people buried there were two generations or more dead. But I'd already finished taking care of the rest of the graveyard, I figured there was no harm in putting in a little more work. The lawnmower sputtered before it died, a sort of I told you so before it was done. I hopped off the mower and pushed it away to check out the worst of the damage on the headstone. If it wasn't too bad, I planned to put the mower away and pretend it never happened. If the old keeper asked why the lawnmower didn't work anymore, I'd claim I didn't know. I tore away the remaining weeds to find that the headstone was not what it should have been. The stone was nearly entirely smooth with no birth or death date. The only word on it had been mostly worn away by time. All I could make out was A-F-R. On second look, I realized I'd bumped the headstone hard enough that it moved and the spot it covered was a hole in the ground. With some more shoving, I moved the headstone far enough to see that the hole was a set of winding stairs going down into the ground and so dark, I couldn't see the bottom. I ignored the initial impulse to move the headstone back into place and finish up my workday, instead going for my second thought. I started down those mystery steps. Could this be another area for storage? Or a secret passage into a locked mausoleum? Curiosity had a reputation for killing cats, but 
I was only going down for a quick peek. The steps curved down, the walls turning from sod to stone, the hot sun vanishing after I went down what I presume was a few flights. It was cool down here and so quiet I could hear my heartbeat in my ears. I'm not sure how long I walked, but likely no more than 10, 15 minutes down those steps. It got so dark I had to get my phone out to serve as a flashlight, and I was nearly out of breath by the time I reached the bottom. My new theory was that this was a ruin, something historical that had gone unnoticed. I shone my phone around and spotted a lantern on the wall leading to a winding corridor. I looked back up the steps, resolved to turn back later once I did a little more exploration, and then I picked up the lantern and tried to light it. I was pleasantly surprised that the lantern lit. It would save my phone's battery at least. I may have given up smoking, but I'd still kept the lighter in my pocket. Down the path I went. My feet took steps in a place that had not been entered for decades. Maybe even a century or more. I was so curious I wasn't even afraid. The stone brick walls reminded me of ancient castles, and with the lantern in my hand, I felt like an explorer or archaeologist. The excitement pumping through my veins made me press onward. The path never took a hard left or right. It curved slowly, not enough that I could notice, but enough that soon the exit behind me was no longer visible. I didn't need to go back to the exit, though. I wanted to see what was ahead of me. I finally came upon an intersection of paths, seven in total, all bending and going in different directions. Disappointingly, two paths were caved in, so I couldn't go down them. I chose the path most to the right and headed down it, but it didn't go far. It ended after a few steps, old bookshelves leaning and collapsing on each other and the stone walls behind them. I picked up one of the books to examine it. It was crudely bound with a reddish leather, and when I flipped it open, I couldn't make heads or tails of the words inside. It wasn't even using an alphabet I'd ever seen in my life. Not that I made a habit of learning all the different letters. I tucked it into my jacket before heading to the other tunnels. Now I picked the next one at random, heading down it to find it went on much farther than the one that went to the books. It wasn't longer than the tunnel I'd entered though, and it soon opened up into a new room. I realized that the lanterns in this room were already lit, which certainly made me pause. The second was the amber. I lowered my lantern and hesitantly approached one. It was well kept with no dust or chips, but it still took me a second to realize what was inside it. I suppose it was amber anyway, I can't be sure, but larger amber stones about as tall as I am dotted the room in no particular order or fashion. It was a person, a woman wearing a dress that made her look like she was from the late 1800s. 
but she was so perfectly preserved in the amber that she almost still looked alive, her eyes wide and staring back at me. My hand shook as I tried to grab my phone from my pocket to take a photo, and I dropped it to the ground. I heard the screen crack when it hit the stone, and without taking my eyes away from the figure frozen in amber in front of me, I knelt down in an attempt to scoop it up. The only reason I looked away from the corpse was that I heard someone. For a split second, I thought it was her, but no, she was as still as she had been when I first entered the room. No, that sound came from the other side of the room. I wasn't alone. In a panic, I crawled away, watching through the amber as a... A person? Was it a person? I couldn't be sure. I I couldn't see it clearly, but I watched something exit the room through the tunnel I entered. They didn't seem to pause or indicate they knew I was there, but... I wasn't excited to be down here anymore. Not among the people frozen in amber gravestones or the strangers walking around down here. I needed to go. I didn't even pause to grab my phone, I just headed for the tunnel I came into. I didn't see the figure down the way, so I assumed they were far enough ahead that I could slip out before they even realized I was there. I took one step into the tunnel when that person swung down from the ceiling, hanging upside down, its grin showing off its mouthful of knife-like teeth. It wasn't a human, or if it had been, it wasn't anymore. Its arms and legs were too long, and its body wrapped tightly in its white, leathery skin. Its eyes were the size of golf balls, white as the rest of it, but they were looking at me. It saw me. It waved at me. It waved its clawed hand at me before taking a swipe. I barely ducked back in time to avoid having my face ripped off before I spun around and bolted for the other tunnel that led out of the room. The creature shrieked behind me and laughed like I'd told a hell of a joke before I started running for my life. I didn't look back at it. I didn't know if it was chasing me or if it was still hanging from the tunnel ceiling, watching me go. I just kept running until I couldn't hear the laughter anymore. Running like hell at least got me away from that thing, but now I had no idea where I was. The tunnel split in what felt like a hundred different places, and I didn't take note of which ways I'd gone in my frantic panic. I was lost. The instinct to just lay on the floor and curl into a ball was strong, but I knew I couldn't do that. I didn't even want to consider what kind of horrid fate would await me. After all, no one knew I'd gone down here. And if that thing caught up with me... So I pulled myself off the ground and started walking forward. Perhaps there was another exit if I kept going. Maybe a trap door that would lead back to the surface. I didn't have my phone anymore. I'd left it behind in the room of Amber Graves. I doubted I would have a signal this far below ground, but perhaps I would get lucky. 
I walked for what felt like ages. I'd take short breaks to catch my breath, but not long. I was too afraid of that thing catching up to me and... Well, God knows what it would do to me with those claws. I didn't know if I was relieved or terrified when I saw the light up ahead. I knew I hadn't gone any significant amount up, but the path ahead was the only one I could take. So I headed for the light. The cavernous room was lit by the same lanterns I'd seen down here, but I wasn't the only person. That wasn't comforting for long, though, when one of them looked in my direction. His eyelids were sewn shut over his hollow eye sockets. He was completely expressionless, probably only looking up in an instinctive response to my footsteps, and he soon resumed his task at hand, which was to crack open the coffin in front of him. This place was filled with coffins, some still shut, most busted open with little care. All with their eyes sewn shut, other people were dragging the corpses out of their supposed final resting place and hauling them over to the tables. Some bodies were still fresh enough. Others were leaking and rotting. One body fell to the ground after its skin just sloughed off in the hands of the person carrying it. This didn't seem to bother the grave robber. He just grabbed the corpse by the other arm and continued dragging it down a dark hall. The living people didn't acknowledge me. A few even bumped into me as I passed. But they didn't so much as flinch or react. They just continued their grave robbing. I didn't bother trying to speak with them. I feel it would have either scared them out of their minds or they wouldn't acknowledge me. This room was connected to one I can only describe as an ancient throne room decorated for a children's birthday party. The throne at the head of the room appeared old, with a skeleton sitting in it, but it had a plastic crown sitting crookedly on its skull, and paper streamers were draped over its shoulders. On its lap sat a rotting head, a party hat laying next to it that was probably once on that head. More streamers laid on the floor and dangled from the walls, wrapping paper decorating bones and dead rats. It was so awful and strange I didn't stay long, turning to go only for my way to be blocked by that creature from before. I don't know how long it had been standing in the doorway, but I knew it was waiting for me to notice it. It gestured to me almost like it was telling me to wait. I felt frozen as it reached behind the wall and yanked out one of those eyeless people. He obediently followed the monster as it dragged him along, not resisting it. The monster pulled the guy over to the throne before it stopped. It waved its claws at me, smiling from ear to ear. Then, those claws slashed open that guy's neck. Blood poured down his ragged shirt, 
and he only gurgled before slumping forward, leaning against the monster that killed him. The monster slashed its claws repeatedly until it had entirely severed that man's head. The body lay in a bloody pool while the monster carried the new head over to the skeleton. It pulled that rotting head off of its lap to replace it with the freshly dead one. With its bizarre ceremony finished, the monster turned towards me and laughed before hurling that disgusting, rotten head at me. I barely ducked out of the way. The head smashed into the wall behind me. I was finally jerked out of my frozen terror. All I wanted to do was get the hell out of there. With that thing laughing behind me all the way, I ran. I never stopped. My shirt was drenched in sweat by the time I reached the stairs that took me to this awful place. I jumped them two or even three at a time. When I broke the surface, my vision swam, and I felt all the exertion of what I'd done hit me all at once. I fell onto the grass, swallowing air between my dried lips as I repeatedly blinked to clear the black spots from my eyes. The sweat on my shirt had started to dry by the time I had the strength to stand. I was shaking like a newborn deer, but I forced my sore legs to walk to my car. I didn't bother to punch out my time card. I left that graveyard and promised myself I'd never go back. That night, I sent my resignation letter through email to the old greenskeeper and crawled into bed. The horrid things I'd seen that day flashing through my mind in still images. The creature. The amber graves. The people with their eyes sewn shut. It felt so unreal like a macabre nightmare I'd made the mistake of wandering into. I'd half convinced myself that that was the case when my window slammed open at just past midnight. I bolted up in bed and stared in shock as that creature, that fucking creature, vaulted itself through my window. It didn't pause to wave at me. It only headed to my desk where the book I'd tucked into my jacket was sitting. I'd not tried deciphering it. I'd just tossed it aside and would have likely thrown it in the trash if the creature hadn't come first. I'd completely forgotten about it until I took my jacket off when I got home. It picked up the book, flipped through the pages, and nodded when it realized the book was still intact. Now it finally looked back at me, paralyzed in bed, completely defenseless. It tipped its head at me before it set something on my desk and threw itself back out of the window. When it had finally left me, I finally got control of my limbs and headed for my desk to see what it had left behind. 
when I realized what it was. I started laughing. It was my cell phone. Its screen still cracked from when I dropped it in the room of Amber Graves. I hope you enjoyed What's Under the Graveyard Green, as written by Kitty Olson and performed by Kyle Stroud. Author Kitty Olson's work can be found throughout our YouTube channel and podcast episodes, as well as on our author profile with us at creepypastastories.com. Just search for Olson in the search bar. That's O-L-S-E-N to find more of her terrifying tales and ways to follow her on social media. If you enjoyed Kyle Stroud's performance, you can hear more of him right here on our very own YouTube channel, as well as on his website at kylestroud.com. That's K-Y-L-E-S-T-R-O-U-D.com. Now, our weekly descent into the depths has just about come to a close. But before we go, I'd like to take a moment to thank you for joining us for tonight and remind you to take a moment to stop by our iTunes page and leave Chilling Tales for Dark Nights a five-star review and a kind word. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram if you haven't already. And of course, subscribe to us on YouTube, where you can find an archive of our work going back to 2012. And consider signing up as a patron at our website, ChillingTalesForDarkNights.com, to show your support and get all of our content ad-free. I'm your host, Steve Taylor, and it's been a pleasure. Tune in again next week when we once again turn off the lights and turn on the dark. Sweet dreams, listener. Sweet dreams dreams. <laughs>Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. 
Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7.